As Protestants and Catholics, we worship the same God, we just do it a little differently. For example, Protestants worship God in their Bible studies, fellowship, and spirit-filled services. And Catholics worship God in their beautiful cathedrals, liturgies, and sacred traditions. But that's no reason to behave like prideful little children in the Father's house, fighting over who God loves more, just because we think our way is the best way. For there is no distinction between Jews and Gentiles, and there is no distinction between Protestants and Catholics. The same Lord is Lord of all, and is generous to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We are all God's children, but the enemy has us distracted and divided against ourselves. Meanwhile, he's destroying our families and robbing our children of their future. We must join forces. Let's stop talking about how we are different and start talking about how we are all the same in our struggles. We are all broken and we all need a savior named Jesus. We like this idea so much we created Broken Catholic, the number one podcast in the world for Protestants and Catholics. Now close your eyes and take a listen as everyday Christians reveal shocking before and after stories of how they resisted or cooperated with God's plan for their life and what happened next. Hi, this is Dr. Scott Hahn and you're listening to Joseph Warren with Broken Catholic. You're going to enjoy everything you hear. Today, my featured guest is Bob Rawlick, and Bob is the president and CEO of the Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce. So he's right here in my backyard here in Tampa, Florida. Uh, The Tampa Bay Chamber is a past Florida Chamber of the Year and is a U.S. Chamber of Commerce five-star accredited chamber. Why is that important? Because Bob led the way. He got them there. Now, only 1.6% of the chambers of commerce in the United States have achieved this level of accreditation. That's something. That took something. He has worked to help local, regional, and state uh, economies succeed. He's received his Doctor of Business Administration degree from the University of South Florida just this past year. So pursuing a doctorate, that's no easy effort, BC Nation, Broken Catholic Nation. So Bob has served as the chairman of the Florida Association of Chamber Professionals. He's a board member of the Association of Chamber of Commerce Executives. He's a recipient of the FACP Florida Executive of the Year. He holds the certified chamber executive designation from ACCA. Now, BC Nation, I know what you're saying. Joseph, stop dropping all these acronyms on me. I have no idea what they mean. Just know, in the economic development and Chamber of Commerce space, Bob is a superstar right now. He's very, very accomplished in that. But he's going to get spiritual with us, and we're going to talk about all things God and bringing God into the marketplace. He gets to work with hundreds and thousands of local business owners and entrepreneurs and CEOs. So he's really gets to see the Christian or bringing Christianity or their spiritual side into the marketplace. He sees the struggles. He sees the challenges. We're going to talk about that today. And our topic today is Christian people need to get more engaged in the marketplace. Christian people need to get more engaged in the marketplace. And BC Nation, maybe you're asking, well, how do I do that? I want to do that. I don't want to be split down the middle anymore. I want to bring God into the marketplace, but I don't want to do it in a way that's preachy, Joseph. That's what we're going to talk about today. So, Bob, welcome to uh, Broken Catholic. Thank you for being on the show. And go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Sure. Uh, Well, thank you for inviting me to be here. I appreciate it. Um, 
Yeah, in April, I will uh, mark my 11th year here at the chamber. Uh, I've worked for this chamber twice before, so it's kind of a, an odd combination to be back a third time. But uh, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about the idea of uh, Christians getting more involved in the workplace is you can see in society we're segmenting ourselves in every different way and then wondering why others don't know about us. Uh, and, and that's not the way uh, I think God designed it. And that's not the way uh, I want to live, that I've got a work life that's separate from my Christian life. I want it blended together and I, I don't want to be alone in doing it. So I'm, I'm always encouraging more Christians to get involved uh, with me at my chamber and involved in the business world. Mm. That's such a powerful uh, intention. And I also think it's the intention of many of us, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're all in that, but none of us wants to go first. None of us wants to do it alone, as you said, right? It's scary to do it alone. It's scary to pioneer anything. I know in, you know, my business, right? In Tampa, right? My previous company was co-working and I brought co-working to Tampa Bay. I pioneered that. And that's not a pat on the back. That's saying, hey, that was scary as heck. Everybody looked at me like I had three heads. Like, what is co-working? What is, why don't I just go to the coffee shop? I don't get it. What are you up to? What are you trying to do? Right. And, and to be misunderstood, I think is one of the biggest fears we have as humans. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, I once had somebody tell me that people are down on what they're not up on. If they don't know about it, they tend to fill in their blanks. And usually they fill in those blanks wrong uh, instead of asking and trying to get to know. And, and, and uh, I think in a lot of ways, Christians are concerned, well, how will we be perceived? Will we get shut down? And will we be seen as hostile and the shunning and all that? Well, that's not from God. So we, we have to work against that. Uh, and usually if you do it the right way and, you know, get to know the person first, Jesus asked questions before he would uh, preach. It, it's a way to, to get people to be more willing to listen and at least try to strike a curiosity to where they're, they're wanting to know more. Mm, I think that's such a powerful insight. Jesus was intriguing. Right. People want to be around him. Who is this guy? I see something I want. I don't know what it is, but I want to be around him. That's right. And BC Nation, I think Bob is really bringing up some powerful wisdom here. That is how to evangelize. Be attractive in your own life, in your own spiritual walk. When you're connected with the God of the universe and you're in alignment with his plan for your life, he's pouring through your life. People want a piece of that. People want to be around that, right? So don't, you don't need to be preachy when you're actually living your faith. I think we get really preachy when we're actually not, when we're being hypocritical in our own life. So we kind of put up this mask or this cover. What do you, what do you think about that, Bob? Yeah, it, and, and that is the tricky part of it is not coming across as being judgmental or having people feel you think you're superior or anything like that because we all know what, no matter where we are in our walk, we're all sinners saved, uh, some saved by grace, some searching for the grace. Uh, so it, it's understanding that uh, and approaching it from a humble standpoint, I think, uh, with what we do. You know, we're a chamber. We have a lot of different events. We do a lot of uh, out-of-town trips and you know, some people like to really enjoy when they're out of town, uh, but it, people know I'm not going to go out and, and, and stay out late and do those kind of things with this, just not, not, not the way I want to do it. Uh, but it's just become, okay, that's the way Bob lives his life. Uh, and so the, the example part, just like uh, as parents know, that people are always watching 
Uh, so mm. it's how you do what you do, not so much what you're saying and, and doing. Uh, the mm. people watching, and, and it matters how you carry yourself. Mm. This is such an important conversation. Is is really people are watching BC Nation, and especially non-Christians, they're watching. Mm-hmm. Are you for real? Mm-hmm. Are you living what you preach? Right? They're looking for you not to. Why? Oh, because they're absolutely. looking for evidence that that Christianity is not true. It's not real. It's a fairy tale. It's all make believe stories carried on. Right? It's uh, as my. Uh, Angry atheist friend says, you know, we believe in the, the purple dinosaur in the sky, right? And, and they're looking for that evidence right. um, that, that it's all a bunch of baloney. And when you can show up and just walk it humbly, like Bob is saying, I mean, that really changes everything. That's attractive to people. Mm-hmm. When, when everybody's going out you know, to party throughout the night and make some poor choices. And Bob, you're like saying, you know what? Hey, I'm not here to judge you guys, but I'm not going to participate in that. Right. Just because that's not my thing. That, that is powerful. That sometimes makes us question, well, why am I doing it? You know? <laughs> so, all right, Bob, let's get personal here for a second. Cause I really want to go back into your spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how were you raised? Uh, what was the denomination? Was there faith in the home? Was there not? And then did you do what many of us do, meaning myself, um, and, and leave and, and say, hey, I'm done with this whole Christian religion thing and, and go just pursue all the pleasures of, of the light of the world and everything like that? Or did you just, just stay true all the way? So sure. tell, go back and uh, paint us a picture of that story. Sure. Uh, I grew up in a home that we did go to church uh, every Sunday, and it's what you did. You went to church. You never missed. Uh, and that's just the way it was done. It was never an exception, never a doubt of what you would do. Uh, and then I uh, went off uh, to college and kind of had that, that same, it's Sunday, got to go, got to go, got to go, but kept, kept church in a box. It was, mm-hmm. it was something you did for an hour, hour and a half on Sunday, you, you covered it, you're done. It was like taking a vitamin and then you were good for the next week. Uh, and if, if things, if you did things you shouldn't have done or couldn't, it may not have been acceptable during the week. Okay. You, well, you went on Sunday and everything was good again. Uh, just kind of kept it in a container that was up on the shelf except for one day a week. Um, uh, and then when I went to, uh, uh grad school, I uh, got involved with some friends uh, through Campus Crusade for Christ, and was more confused than into it, just like, what are they talking about? What do they mean? Um, uh, I grew up where uh, uh, the Bible was in the house, but it was never opened, even though we went to church. Uh, and the first time I saw somebody take notes in a Bible, you know, I was shocked. I was kind of like, you know, uh, I, I, I pulled back like the, the lightning bolt's coming down any second. That person's in trouble. Uh, that they would take notes in their Bible. Uh, and the more exposure, and then somebody finally challenged me to uh, uh, read the Gospels. And, and I was in college, just started reading the Gospels. And I remember thinking, wait a minute, I just read this in the other, other book. This is a repeat. What's this about? Uh, and then started to realize more about it and get into more of just reading the Bible and what it was about. Uh, got more involved uh, and just wanted to know more about the Bible. Uh, I, I like history a lot. So, okay, well, why, why did they do it that way? What's the history of that and what goes on with it? So it, it, it just drew me in through the scripture 
uh, and learning more uh, about God and, and what, did, what did that mean to my faith uh, and, and wanting to know the history of why things were done that way. At the same time, my older brother uh, had fallen away from the church, but uh, uh, had, uh, he and I were talking. He got married much younger than I was uh, than I, uh, than I was when I got married. And he told me that he was uh, leaving his job and he and his wife were, were going off. He was going to seminary. And I, I looked and said, what do you mean you're going to seminary? And, uh, uh, and so he explained it and I said, oh. And so I just started asking him questions. And he was, he was very smart that he stayed calm as we just went through our question and answers over a long period of time. And so my faith just kept growing that way. And, and, and uh, uh, it, was a, it was an attraction and growing. And it was, it was uh, it's all that goes on. But then with going back, I had a friend in middle school who uh, invited me to go to um, uh, his youth group with him. And I remember sitting in the back of the car. Uh, he went off to go get his sister. He couldn't find her. And, uh, and, and just praying to God to be my Savior uh, and forgive me my sins. I said, okay, I've done it. I'm good. Check in the box. And so I just kept that box thing going on. And it was really as I matured as an adult and understood, wait, if I mean what I say, and if I mean what that prayer was, then I have to live it in my life. It's not in a box on a shelf. It's got to be down all the time uh, with who I am. Uh, and so it started working to what, it, what does that mean and applying it. Got more involved in church. Uh, uh, kept looking for where am I going to learn more about this Bible and what it means and why it's the way it is and, and how does it apply to me. And going through that just grew in my faith. And it's where I am now is still growing in my faith. Uh, and uh, the Bible study I am now, it's amazing. My, my wife and I are in the same study. I meet with the men, she meets with the women. And we both come home and go, I didn't know this. Did you know this? I said, well, look at this. And what does this mean? Uh, so it, it, it's a never-ending journey uh, for your faith. Mm. BC Nation, what a powerful Christian witness talk. Right, just a, and and it's not that Bob's the hero in the talk; it's God's the hero, mm-hmm. right? And and this is what God does; He draws us in. For some of us, it's quick, right? It's a two by four upside the back of our head, right? Because we made some real bad choices. That was me. And then for others, it's the slow attraction, the slow courting, dating process of just drawing us into that love. And, and such patience. Um, you know, Bob, I really love what you shared there, that it was, you know, the, the people God put in your life, they didn't come at you, they didn't make you wrong about where you were at in your spiritual walk. They met you right there, and they just answered your questions. Right. And probably asked you some challenging or confronting questions as well. And maybe you didn't have those answers, and but now you wanted those answers. So that pulls you in deeper as well. And I think this is such, such a powerful um, thing that we miss as Christians, especially in the workplace, that that's what evangelization can actually look like. It's just doing life with people. It's being in relationship with people. The same way that Jesus was in relationship with people when he walked the earth. He was in relationship with the sinners. He wasn't there judging them. He did call them out on poor behavior, but he didn't make them wrong about it. 
He invited them into forgiveness and relationship. And he, he ate meals with them, right? He just did life with them. And then like you, he didn't participate in the late night partying or anything like that. He went home, right? He went and spent time with the father in, in quiet. And it's like, what a powerful witness. Um, and, and I think it's, it's an easy or simple um, approach to living our faith. So why do you think that so many of us as Christian business owners and CEOs have such a difficult time um, even following this very um, uh, non-confronting approach of just doing life with people and living our faith and letting them see it? Yeah, I know for me, the struggle is I want to live my faith. I want people to know where I come from and who I count on uh, and who, who, whose I believe I am. But then I'm always concerned with, I know I'm going to make a mistake. And if I, if I make that mistake and somebody sees it, are they, are they going to get in my face about it? Is it going to be, well, you know, I saw Bob did this or Bob said that and, and where it doesn't match up with how I want to be perceived uh, in my faith. So, so I'm, sometimes I'm too hesitant or too, be quiet, be calm, stay back because I'm afraid I'm going to mess up. And that's something I'm always dealing with on don't step back. You don't have to be in people's face. You don't have to be screaming on the, on the street. When if somebody says something I don't agree with, I don't need to, to, to throw my Bible at them and hit them with it. But I let people know when, when their people are prone that the, uh, just about every other word will tend to be uh, foul language. I let them know, you know, can we not use that? Can we not do that? Uh, uh, I'm okay if we, if we don't speak that way uh, and just try to, without them feeling they're being judged or, or, or critical, just know that I'm not going to use those kind of words talking to you. I hope you won't use them talking to me. Let's go on. I want to work with you. Uh, and letting everybody know I, I want to work with them as long as they're being ethical and moral uh, and honest in, in the dealings. If, if they're not, it's like, okay, well, that's fine. Maybe we won't work together. But uh, it's, it's not going to be from the viewpoint of I'm a Christian, therefore I'm superior, therefore I'll do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's not the way to do it. Uh, uh, I'm reading a book right now, uh, City Changers uh, by Alan Platt. And it's about the way, you know, all Christians are foreigners in this land. This isn't where our end place is, but we're supposed to be involved and engaged and part of making this a better place. And, and by doing that, it's, it's how we live and what we do, how I interact with people at the chamber how I interact with members and programs that we're doing, how I try to focus our vision plan in the direction of, is it doing things that align with my faith? Uh, and I think we are. It's always a two forward, one back, two forward, one back. But it's, it's just make it who you are and what your practice is, and people will expect that from you. Mm. So I really take away a couple things there. One, faith is not a solo sport. We can't do it by ourselves. Two, faith is not a spectator sport. We're not meant to stay up in the stands. We're meant to get down onto the court and play the game, take the hits, take the bruises, and be involved and, and really lead with our, with our faith. And we don't have to do it in a violent way or an aggressive way. But at the same time, this leaning back posture of staying disconnected so that we don't get hit um, is not something that 
we're called to do as Christians, to your point. And yet it's the very thing we struggle with is we're walking around with Christian masks. It's just a different colored mask, but it's a Christian mask of still trying to look good or trying to avoid looking bad to others or being called out in our own sinfulness, our own brokenness. That's why the show is called Broken Catholic. I'm a broken Catholic and former atheist. I don't have this all figured out. Mm -hmm. This is the show where we come on and we get real about it. Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Oh, you're struggling with it too? What have you learned? Here's what I've learned. And we really kind of help each other along the way with God at the center saying, hey, we're sinners. We're, this is why we need a savior. The very thing that causes most of the suffering and, and uh, problems in our life and the, the broken relationships and all this hurt is this one thing called self-reliance. We're right. relying on self instead of on God, the one who can heal us. So I, I really, I, I just take so much away from that. And BC Nation, I'm, I'm hoping you're taking some real value uh, from Bob, Bob right here and just him being real and honest and raw about his own journey, his own struggles. And maybe you're struggling with that as well, just like I am. So Bob, I'm asked to shift the conversation just a little bit here. And I want to get real practical and tactical. Okay. What are your top three tips and strategies or strategies um, for my listener right now to really bring, uh, they're a Christian business owner, they're a Christian CEO. Um, how do they engage in the marketplace with that struggle going on that you and I have? Um, what are your top three tips and strategies that they can do this week or in 2020 to really engage uh, their faith into the workplace, into their business? What do you got? Okay, that's, that's a big question. Uh, uh, I, well, first, obviously, uh, uh, pray and ask God that question. Uh, where does he want you to, to plug and to play and to act? And, and, and you know, my wife and I are always praying for the wisdom to know his will and to act on his will when he presents it. Because uh, you know, God whispers, we need to listen uh, and, and knowing to do that. Um, uh, second, recognize God's footprints in your past and everything he's done to get you, get you to where you are now. Uh, and, and be asking him, well, so from here, where? But be willing to share the, the past of how he's impacted and touched your life with others. Use that as in your, in your testimony. Um, uh, there's a story of how I got to this job this time that has been a witnessing opportunity and many talks I've given around town that it, it just tees up to, you know, this is where I come from and where I'm making my decisions. So use that when the opportunity is there, not forcing it on people because you don't want people recoiling. You want them to be listening and then realizing, wow, really this person, they count on their faith for this. Um, that's interesting. They did that. And they just get them thinking about it. Uh, uh, so it, 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 those opportunities, knowing when to plug in, but always asking God first, where, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? Give me the opportunities, give me the wisdom, and then the courage to act on it. Uh, and, and always knowing what happens today isn't the end journey. So don't worry about having to win or, oh, if I don't say this, then I failed. Like, no, R relax, trust God. And, and act when, when he tells you to act. Mm. 
those are good. I'm going to summarize them just how I heard them. Okay. So BC Nation, uh, Bob Rollick we're speaking with. He's the uh, president and CEO of Tampa Bay Chamber. You can find him at tampabaychamber.com. That's tampabaychamber.com. He just shared with us his top three spiritual tips or strategies that you can implement into your business right now to really engage God into your workplace, to engage God into your business, and not in a, a salesy way or a preachy way, but in a very authentic and genuine way that's attractive, that's going to make people ask you more about what is that foundation that you're operating on? You know, what, what is that thing that keeps you so calm when everybody else around you is just so all over the place? So top, Bob's top three tips and strategies for you, in my own words, is Number one, ask God to show you his will for your business. Mm -hmm. Like, what does he want you to do next? And it could be simply father, you know, you saying father, what's the next move, mm -hmm. right? What's the next move in my business? What do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do uh, tomorrow? What do you want me to do this week? Right? What does that look like? And then just sit there and stop talking and listen with a pen and paper and write down whatever you hear, sense, feel, experience, or see. And as Bob said, God speaks to us in the whisper. Right. So you got to right. get quiet. You got to be still. what do you want to add to that, Bob? Well, so, can I tell you the story of how I got to the job I'm in now? Cause it is, it, it is an example of what we're talking about. Well, how right could now. we not allow you to do this? <laughs> Go for it, brother. Well, my previous job I've been in for about 10 years. I was living in Orlando uh, I was very happy in that job. Things were good. The economy was starting to go really bad, 2008, 2009 period, where everything, where the Great Recession was, was coming over us in a tidal wave. Uh, but my wife and I always wanted to come back to Tampa. We really liked Tampa, Florida. So we wanted to do it. But I thought the economy's bad. I don't know. I like the job I'm in. I want that job, though. So I went to our pastor at our church, and he said, you need to do what I did. I said, what did you do? He came from Louisiana and he said he came over without the church knowing it and he prayer walked the campus just asking God, what should I do? What should I do? And he did that and he goes, you need to go do that in Tampa. I said, okay. So I drove over uh, on a Saturday and I just walked around downtown Tampa. Uh, I prayed over the chamber office. I prayed over city hall. I prayed over the county courthouse and administration building. And I just kept saying, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do for hours? Uh, it was a beautiful day. And uh, finally, you know, for those who aren't familiar, downtown Tampa is right at the mouth where the Hillsborough River meets the bay, beautiful area. So I was on the bridge over the river, and all of a sudden I realized my question had gone from, God, what do you want me to do, to, God, you know I can't do this without you, right? And then I realized, okay, the whisper has happened. Uh, uh, th th this this is where I need to be and what I need to do. So the rest of the day, I just prayed for confirmation. Uh, had an hour and a half drive back uh, to Orlando and just kept praying for confirmation. Walked in the house. My son, uh, one of my three boys, he's in, in high school, uh, just turned all excited, looked at me and said, what did God tell you? Uh, and uh, which was great. And it's like, yeah, this, this needs to happen. So it, it, it just that confirmation that uh, I just felt this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, the skies didn't part. The angels didn't sing. There wasn't a hallelujah chorus, but it was just that this is what I need to do. Uh, and it was hard. The first five years I commuted daily from Orlando because we had kids in high school, uh, but it got protected through all that. And now we're here. 
we like what we're doing. We're, accomplishments are happening. We're, we're, we're growing with people uh, in our faith and, and helping to uh, just bring God's love to other people. Uh, uh, as I mentioned, doing the, the mission trips uh, with our church uh, uh, to Israel, uh, helping to uh, share God's love with uh, people who are not Christian, uh, uh, a very isolated, poor Muslim community uh, over there. So it's been, it's, it, it, it's been a blessing. It, it's growing and stretching. Uh, sometimes the stretching hurts, but uh, uh, that process of just, God, what do you want me to do? And being able to listen and hear him was just fantastic. And that story being told over and over with groups I'm in front of has, has just been a great opportunity. Mm, thank you for sharing that, Bob. And, yeah. and I get why you share that. <laughs> and, and, and God is, is the hero, again, in right. that Absolutely. story. So BC Nation, you know, just tying this all back into Bob's top three tips and strategies for you in your life, in your business. One, ask God to show you his will. That looks like saying, God, or Father, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And then Bob got very tactical about it. He got in the car, drove an hour and a half to the place that he, the situation that he was considering or wrestling with that decision. And he went hands on and pr prayed over it and walked it. Right. And it, so he went and sought God. Right. That's very important. He took an action. He didn't just sit there in his living room in Orlando and say, okay, God, what do you want me to do about Tampa over there? He drove to Tampa, met God in Tampa, like a business meeting and said, Hey God, is this it? Is this what you want? And right there, God met him back. And then Bob says, number two, share your witness talk with others. Make sure God's the hero in your witness talk, right. not you. Surrender your ego, BC Nation. Give God the glory and the praise, but share your wit witness talk powerfully. There's power in that. God will do everything. And then number three, don't worry about the outcomes or results of you sharing that witness talk or the outcomes or results of those conversations that you're going to mention God in or God's going to come up in. Just mm -hmm. lean in, have the conversation, and trust God's got the results. Like that is so powerful. Bob, I really get that. This is also very similar to what I've done, this approach. Um, you've articulated it exceptionally. Um, it's very practical. It's very tactical. So BC Nation, do those three things in your business this year in 2020 and really bring God in to your business, into the marketplace. This is how you do it. All right, so we're speaking with Bob Rollick. You can find him at tampabaychamber.com, tampabaychamber.com. He is the president and CEO there. And this guy's a powerhouse. He's a badass in his faith, right? He's walking it and he's doing it humbly, but he's doing it proudly because he serves a powerful, powerful God. So Bob, we're going to get into my favorite part of the show and wrap this up. Welcome okay. to the confession round. Uh -oh. okay. okay. This is where I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. It's just for fun. Okay. Don't overthink it. Are you ready, sir? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see how it goes. All right. Let's see what God does with it. Bob, what's your favorite thing about God? It's unbelievable grace and forgiveness. Mm. What's your least favorite thing about God? Uh, ooh. Wow. I never thought. Um, it's a very human question. Yeah. I, I never thought of it that way. I, uh, least favorite thing. Least favorite thing. Uh, I never thought about God and what don't I like about God. Um, or maybe the way he does things. Yeah, different it, than the way we yeah, think I, it should go. What I do you would got, like man? to have the 
I would like to have a full manual explaining this is this is what it is. This is why this is what's going on. You know, people joke about, well, that's a question to ask God when you get to heaven. Really? Am I really going to go, okay, wait a minute. I got some questions. Come here. No, that's not the way it's going to be. Uh, uh, but in the human nature, it's like I would love to have the whole complete playbook and know what's going on. But then if I had that, faith wouldn't be a part of the, the effort. And so that would be bad. So I'm glad that he doesn't listen mm. to me that way. That's so powerful. And I think we all wrestle with that question. Why doesn't God just lay out the whole plan and strategy? The answer, BC Nation, Bob's right. Because your self-reliance would kick in. Your ego would kick in. You'd be like, great, I got it. I don't need you. Thanks so much. Yeah. But you know, I'll have you on call when I need a little help or a little blessing right. here and there. Right. And, and that God wants the dependence on him as father. We're children. We got to rely on him like a dad. All right. What are you most afraid of? Failing in a public sense that's in conflict with my faith and, and doing that one degree for someone to go, well, I don't need his faith. Look, he's not doing it. So I don't need it being that role. And, and that, that scares me a lot. I get that, um, right? So being called out, yeah, same thing as a dad, right? Being called out as, as an imposter or a hypocrite mm -hmm. in your faith in a public setting. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. very uh, stress-producing, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, and let me ask you this. Just get a little more real and, and raw. We all struggle with something. I truly believe that. At any time, we're struggling with something. What are you struggling with right now, personally? Um. We talked about I, I finished school uh, and got the doctorate, and, and I want to use that. Uh, so how to use that? Um, uh, I struggle with the point. I've been in my job 11 years. I know what we're doing. We've got our 10-year vision plan in play here. Things going on. I struggle with the give me all the authority and control because I know what we're doing. All your volunteers I count on to pay the bills. Just stay in the bleachers. Uh, and, and that's an arrogance. That, that's a big arrogance that I got to keep in check. Uh, that no, it's not all up to me. I don't have all the answers. Uh, it's not the Bob Chamber of Commerce. Uh, and, and, you know, keep, keep pulling that back and, and keep that from being lead. So truly a, an arrogance of life's working right. Mm. Thank you for going there. I think that touched all of us. Right. We all struggle with that massive ego that says, Hey, I could do it better than everyone else. Just give right. me the leadership. Right. And then you all just obey my orders. Like yeah. <laughs> you all wrestle yeah. with it. What did you spend way too much time doing in your twenties? In my twenties, probably watching TV. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, it just, if it was sports or, you know, uh, some kind of show that was on just too much time watching TV and worrying too much about, what would be there, whether the news shows, you know, in my twenties, that's when the, the cable news shows were really growing and being big of, of that being, uh, uh, what made the world true and right. I was like, no, that's not it. Uh, when I should have spent more time with other Christians and growing faith and being out there and then working with those people to get more people who didn't have the faith involved. I should have been more engaged with my faith. Mm, got it. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, that people will see if, again, when I'm not living my faith, they think it's a fraud and a sham and I'm trying to be a superior instead of no, 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 I, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And, and that's what I need for you to understand. Mm.
So good. What do you wish you, you had learned sooner about God? I wish I had figured out that don't keep him in a box. Uh, uh, you know, make it part of everything, uh, particularly uh, uh, in those those high school and college age and 20 years where, uh, you know, you kind of think you're indestructible uh, and, and things can happen. It, it just, uh, you know, th- this needs to be who I am all the time, not just once a, once a day, once a week kind of a thing. Uh, mm. no, more seven days. BC Nation, stop making God a weekly vitamin that you take. Yeah, you can't put him in a box. You can't put him in a box. What's a new habit you want to form, Bob? Uh, reading my Bible more diligently on a regular daily basis and memorizing scripture. Got and it. I, I want to get to that so I can use it, not to, to preach it at, at people, but to use it in talking to people. Well, once you do that, then start training some of us Catholics on how to do that memorization <laughs> thing as well. All right, buddy. All right. Um, pick, uh, pick, uh, what's a bad habit you want to break actually? Um, hitting the snooze button too many times. Oh my gosh. That's such, <laughs> that gets me all the time. My beautiful bride. She's like, please just reset the alarm. Stop hitting snooze. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. right. Uh, pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, who I am now, uh, searching in a positive way, growing, uh, with God. Um, um, want to be teacher, uh, but also be student. Mm. So what I heard is seeker, teacher, student. Right. Uh, pick three words to describe who you were before you experienced God in your heart. Confused, um, um, naive, and lost. Confused, naive, and lost. I think we can all relate to that, BC Nation. And last question, Bob, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice about life, what would you say to them? One piece of advice. Um, Grow your faith. Talk to God more. Uh, Because our faith does grow by how we communicate with him and talk to him. And, and I feel it when, when my prayer life is working well, I feel closer to him. When I let it slack, he doesn't, I do. Uh, uh, I, I'm less focused, organized, and productive. Mm, so good. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God versus not? God created us all different. And the way he talks to each of us is all different. And that's okay. So if your faith is growing in a way that works for you, don't worry if it's not how it works for others. But make sure you're all coming back to the core principle and base of what does his word say? What does the Bible say? That's your foundation. That's your cornerstone. Nothing else. And use that uh, for how you grow your faith. Mm. And what's the best way for BC Nation to get in touch with you if they so choose? Uh, the best way, as you've mentioned, uh, uh, tampachamber.com. Emails are up there. Um, also, uh, uh, I don't know how to communicate other things, but email is probably the best way because my schedule's not the same from day to day, so it's hard to pin me down uh, for what's going on. But through the chamber is the easiest way. All right, so that's tampabaychamber.com, tampabaychamber.com. 
Bob, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. You're an amazing uh, Christian witness and just a great guy. And I'm very honored to call you friend, brother. Well, Let's hang out I'm, more together. I think that'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> and I wish you uh, God's love, peace, and joy in your life, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for your time. You're welcome. God bless. Are you a dad over 40? Are you overeating, over drinking, or failing your family? Brother, if you're overweight, watching porn, or drinking more than once a week, then listen up. If you're struggling in your marriage or finances, you've lost your power as a man. What's even worse is that other men can smell weakness on you. When a man lacks confidence, he stinks of weakness. People could smell it on him a mile away. People and opportunities will avoid him because he's carrying a deadly disease called powerlessness. Remember back when you used to feel invincible, you were in your power, when you were unstoppable, back when you were the man? But how do you feel now, brother? Are you tired all the time, unmotivated, stressed, worried about the future? So what the heck changed? What happened to you? I'll tell you, you became undisciplined. You've been slipping for years, haven't you? You eat like crap, you half-ass your workouts, your health is slipping, your finances are slipping, your marriage is slipping, your parenting is slipping, your confidence is slipping. A pile of slips leads men to a big fall. How do I know? Because I'm you, brother. You are me, I am you. Brother, you're out of power. I'm in my power. Let me help you get your power back. Apply for our shredded father's brotherhood where husbands, dads, and businessmen over age 40 are getting shredded and staying ripped for life. Go to shreddedfathers.com. Limited spots are available. Brother, your wife and kids are waiting for you to step up and lead them. Brother, wake up. Move.